This is your Frederick Real Estate Update, a conversation about the regional real estate market with tips for buyers and sellers. Your hosts, REMAX Results' Darren Ahern and Presidential Bank Mortgage's Terry Kernan. Hey, folks, welcome back to your Frederick Real Estate Update. I am Darren Ahern with REMAX Results, and I have the one and only with me from Presidential Bank, Mr. Terry Kernan. How's everything going over there? Good, 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 <laughs> good. So, yeah, it's good to know. I, I know a couple of people, they'll say, you guys live taping? What are you doing? Is that? Yep, this is another one we, we had to do. We have a lot of stuff coming up, but we have a lot of good information, and it never goes out of style and stuff like that because what I'm going to talk about today, Terry, is also in real time of a lot of um, things that, we're, that, we are, that I've been experiencing that we're seeing in the market, um, especially on the conditional side of things like that. So... We're going to get right on into it. Is that good? Yes, sir. All right. Last week, we covered the numbers of how low the inventory was, 285. You know, this next week coming up, I just, we don't see it growing much at all. Uh, resales, 139, 51 average days on market. New construction's down. Everybody likes that new stuff. 146. Well, well what we're seeing there is that uh, I think a lot of builders had, and, you know, I was out at the show two weeks ago, but basically uh, a lot of builders that had contracts canceled, so they now had spec deals. Yeah, they that do. That they had to sell, and yep. they were a little more negotiating. They were a little more, you know, people, when rates first went up six, seven, eight months ago, um, people started to cancel contracts on new construction because they didn't know where rates were going to go. Right. And and us as an industry had not captured or or figured out the long-term lock shed and all of that. So there was, um, so I think some of those homes are are coming on the market, and the builders are being able to sell them. Oh yeah, quickly because they're finished, and there's no yeah. question on I, where rates. I was at Ren Quarter showing brand new builds over there in Frederick, and there were four of them that okay. were just about completely finished, just about done. Not and under contract. Not under contract. One of them, I couldn't believe it. Was it three ninety nine? Um, and, uh, and then they were all of in the four hundreds after that, the other ones. And do you know, after we showed it the very next day, the sales guy got back to me over there and said, Hey, the one that was, you saw for three nine nine just got an offer on. So, really? so yeah, they're not, so we'll, the bottom line is they're not worried with finishing out a spec home that somebody had going that they bailed out on because of God knows whatever reason. They already know there's enough buyers up in line and the demand. Mm-hmm. It's going to get bought. It's not like it's going to be sitting for three or six months brand new and nobody's buying it. That's not the case right now whatsoever with new construction because we're still behind the eight ball on that. And, so, and, and most builders, not every, but most right. builders, mm-hmm. especially if they have a spec sitting, are going to give you some closing cost help, which you can't find mm. – as much on the yeah five thousand on maybe. the resale. I think over there uh, they were doing like five. Yeah, five yeah. ten. I've I've seen. Yeah, not much. They don't have to. Why? Because it's not quite like that market right now. But that's interesting to me that the numbers have come down to one forty six. Here's the big one coming soon thirty nine. This this is where this is a really big indicator. Thirty nine. Um, I buy now at this time last year I had five or six listings coming on and I got like one or two coming up. Okay. So I'm more than half off, and so is everybody else because our clientele and buyers, uh, sellers are just, like I said, the only people selling are what? The people that already have a second home. They're moving out of state. They got this and that going. Depending on the contracts, 261. 
Haven't seen that number that low in that long. So that's been hovering at around 300. 300, 325. Yeah, now we've gotten down to 261. So that's pending and under contract. Pending Two, under contract, 261 resale. The new ones is 200. So, yeah, that's low. Last 30 days sold, uh, resales 142. 50 brand new builds. So about 200 homes in the last 30 days which means we're having about seven settlements a day right now. So 25% of the homes that were sold last month were basically new construction. Yeah, 25 to 35% is wow. new construction, yep. Wow. Days on market, um, yeah, the days is uh, is 41, 41 so that's average. That's come down. We're averaging 51 on the new, I mean, on the resales, 51, but on the last 30 days sold, 41 days. It used to be down at like 25, 30. Remember I said to you, Mm -hmm. that number is definitely going to climb up and catch itself. Yeah. So we're seeing the ones that have just sold. Here's the big number, Terry, sold to list price ratio. If you remember, I told you when we get below 95%, I'm sorry, 97%, that that means the whole market is going into decline, right? Okay. We're at 96.7. Ooh, so we're below that 97% factor. We, yeah, we just went below it for the first time in because we've been hovering around 100, 101. We got as high as 102 point yes, like six percent, which is in the, uh, these are the numbers that yes, you know was. what I think's funny about these numbers. When I, I talked to my kids about it one time, they went, Dad, it sounds like you're talking about a temperature of a human body. Like, if you get above 103, mayday, mayday, you're, you're going to die. Fire. You're, you're on, on fire. fire. You are and on fire. And if you get under, like, 95 or 90, whatever the number is. You're chilling. You're chilling. <laughs> well, we're chilling, baby, 197. So I said, the real estate market acts like if we're getting sick as a human versus not, it's kind of it's kind of the same way, but it's opposite numbers, though. That's the thing. It feels really good to give above 100%. Not so much when you get sick and have the flu and cold. So that's the numbers we pay attention to that funnel together to get to that 96.7. Uh-oh. So we're harping on this number. Yeah. So let's just uh, let's just remind everybody what that number represents. That means that for every house that is sold, mm-hmm. on average, it sells at 96.7% of the original list price. Yeah, selling about Correct. 3%. Yeah, it's selling for a little under 3% little under than what 3%. it listed at. Okay, so so yep. just so everybody's clear on that. Mm-hmm. And that is based on numbers that are closing in the last 30 days, is that? Yeah, yes. these are so the, the solds in the last 30 days so is what dictate thir- that number. Okay, so basically what we're saying is that every list price was bumped down by, on average, 3%. Once they figured out the contract price. Yep, yep. Okay. And, and like I said, I just had that one in Middletown go under full price. I've had some others. Oh, I had one in Sandy Spring, that house, the big property and all that was 699 That actually came up. That was above asking price okay. I got on that. So this is the thing. That takes all of those into account, too, because some people say, well, this ain't no big deal, 3 or 4%. No, it's a massive deal because you're still – that number still factoring in – Properties that are selling above asking price and properties that are selling at the asking price. That's taken all of it into account. If you wipe those out of there, that whole number is a complete different story because now all we're factoring in in that segment of the market data would be the sellers that 
are 55% of the market now that have made a price correction in the last since they've been listed on the market, which, by the way, that number is not growing like it was. And that's good because that's a good factor because most sellers are now starting to understand, as you said last program, I ain't going to get what my neighbor got eight months ago. That's the reality check right there that says I ain't going to get that. I need to be a little bit more realistic and stuff. So Yeah, so I think if they if they adjust to that, like you talked about on the last show, if they adjust to that mm-hmm. by the 2 or 3%, and they get down three to, to five. Three to, three five. to five. That's right. That's right. So if they adjust to that, then what we're taking a look at is my feeling. This is my feeling is that if they make that adjustment and they don't go kicking and screaming about making that adjustment, that the market will dictate whether that's where it should be. Yes. Or with the new demand coming for the spring March, market, spring market could push that up, could push that up and get a bidding more. Yep. So. We're so still seeing I think that. that strategy. 25%. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So I think that that strategy that you're talking about will work regardless. It will. Because if you lower it, then you're going to get people interested right away. Yep. And if there's enough interest, then you get, you only need two people to have a bid. Yep, bidding to, war. To bidding war. Yep. Right? So I think that that's a pretty good, I think that's a good strategy it's, because I think it's, it's going to really set the standard or the the baseline. It absolutely is because I've showed sellers over and over again, you're not losing anything. You're actually going to gain it because nine out of ten times, the terms and conditions not having to give 3% closing costs on my Middletown house would have been over $15,000. Check this out. You're you're not you're it's not the full thing that's a loss in any regard at all. It's actually more favorable at the end of the day because you have to look at how that is now gonna be dictating you doing better than your neighbor that that isn't doing this. Your neighbor mm-hmm. that's not doing this is going to lose more than you. They're gonna lose it in 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 number one, the time on the market right away. See, most people aren't thinking like, oh yeah. If I sell my house in a month or two versus in six months, that's right. I save four months, ready, Terry, four months of mortgage payments, taxes, insurance, electric. Holy cow. That's the part that no one's talking about that I like to to say, hey, you got to look at the whole thing. It's not just what's happening with the market in real time and how to strategize. It's about. You keep this house six months, how much that carrying cost going to cost you? Now they start going, holy cow, that's over 10 grand. Honey, that's fifteen to $20,000. There you go. So how would you like this? And I know someone's going to say, yeah, but they're moving somewhere else. And they're going to, yeah, but that's a whole different level of expenses. Now, if they're moving up in a home, okay, that, that doesn't work now. I get it. But if they're downsizing... Oh, it works all day long, boys and girls, right? Because your your cost of life and housing as a whole is now go- – and guess what we're seeing mostly of, Terry? Most people are going sideways or down. Why? Look at the whole economy. Look at gas prices, food prices, everything else. I don't have – Terry, I don't have – you can avouch to this. Do you see a, a large number of – of people that are coming into this environment, this buying market and housing, who are upgrading as a whole? Is it more than 50% of the 
loan applications where people are coming out and they're just upgrading. They're just adding more to their whole life. I haven't seen a lot of that. What I am seeing is a lot of demand coming from first-time home buyers because of what we often talk about is their rents are being pushed up. Yep. And that's and I, and I've talked about that number that that first-time home buyers was one out of four, and now we're over thirty percent. You know, so so that number is going up, and that's going to continue to go up because me, you. Uh, most of the people we deal with, like it doesn't make sense for me to right now in my life to buy a bigger house and I don't want to put my house in the market because <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm comfortable in my payment, right? And I want to stay there. And so I think we're seeing a lot of that. So until people get over that, until yep. people can say, hey, all right, I'm, I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm going to... I see this house that I really, really want. So I think that the we're looking in the younger age group, you know, the people that are being forced to to move up. And that is the 32-year-old that just had their second child, that just had their third child. Mm-hmm. And the townhouse that they're living in or the condo that they're living in is just not cutting it. So they're being pushed into expanding, buying a new house, getting a bigger house. And that's where I'm seeing most of the demand for houses is the younger generation, you know, the 40 and below. Yeah. But I'm not seeing a whole lot of 40 and above buying unless they're downsizing. Right. Unless they're downsizing. And it's really not the 40s. The 40 to the 50s, we're not really seeing. It's the 40 and below and then, you know, the 60 and above people selling and downsizing. So one of the big questions I have is this. Obviously, when you do people's loans and especially these first time home buyers, you already know how much money they're paying in rent. And let's just say they're paying two thousand dollars a month. Yes, they may be moving up into something that their payments now like twenty four, twenty five, twenty six hundred. But the thing is, it's, it is more cost. But by the time they do their write off and they do their mortgage deduction, and the write off and their taxes and the home ownership and all that stuff, it actually gets pretty close to where it's almost like. 100 or $200 a month, right? The bigger factor is no more rent, no more rent. It's They don't have that threat of that no more. They get locked in. So, and, and then it would be interesting to see the percentage. If you have 10 buyers, what percentage, Terry, are actually going above their current rent payment they pay now that they're already comfortable with versus how many are saying, no, I want to try to stay right where I'm at right now. And how many are actually getting into a place where it's actually less than what they're paying rent? Because I've had that happen before, too. Now, that's pretty rare. That was in the 3% market a year ago. Okay, the okay. 3% market a year ago, that's we were seeing more today. buyers have less mortgage payment than they were paying a rent, whereas the mortgages now that are at 6 that took that away. I can see that. Yes. Okay, I can see how to, that factors in. To, to what I'm seeing Here's what I'm seeing with first-time home buyers mm-hmm. is my rent is going up. It's not gone up, but my rent is going up. And the reason it's going up, they don't tell me this, but I know, is because the cost to own a home has gone up with the interest rates. So the landlords, and we talk about this on most shows. They factor it in. Factor it in. You're so, going to pay for so it. So most <laughs> of the first-time home buyers that I'm working with, their rent is going to go up or they're living at home and they want to, you know. But 
but let's say the the renter that says my rent's going up and I don't have any money right now and I need some down payment assistance. Th- this Monday, coming up, February 20th, we're going to be opening up our grant program to 12500 12, for somebody that is a first-time home buyer. Woo! The, you know, a single person, if they make $80,000 or less, really 79700 or whatever. But if you make in that range and you're single, um, you can get $12,500. If you're an accountant, if you're a mortgage banker, if you're a real estate First responders, agent. responders, all those things. No, 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 no. no, no, no. They, get they get twelve five. They get twelve five. People like you and I get twelve five if we were first-time homebuyers. Oh, okay. First time. People that is a first responder, somebody that, you know, um, is a maintenance worker at a community college, is a teacher, and these are samples of people that I've worked with, uh, uh, uh Somebody that's a uh, hairdresser, a beautician, whatever the you, the correct name, but somebody that that does hair for a living that teaches at a at a studio, they can get fifteen thousand. Wow! So all you have to do is be associated with the medical profession. You have to be associated with the educational profession, law enforcement. Nice. So a receptionist at a dental office can get $15,000. See, this okay? is what people don't know. This is why they need to call you. So, so, so this is something that it, it's very big. Uh, Montgomery County has an unbelievable program through the Maryland Mortgage Program. $25,000 that they get, and they get a really good rate through the Maryland Mortgage Program. Right now that rate's at six and a quarter. So... Oh. So plus they get twenty five thousand. So Montgomery County has a great. So there's a lot out there for your first time home buyer. Don't settle for. No, we don't offer those grants. Figure out the grants. Give me a call. Yeah. I I well. I know you're I, I love figuring out how much money I can get you. Yeah, and that's but that's what we're seeing on amazing. the rental, and that's what I'm seeing in the demand. Is it's it's a lot of first time home buyers, and this is the boost that gives the first time home buyers the cushion. To be able to get the heck out of what they're dealing with and paying with and what's coming, what's coming, to be able to get into something solid, homeownership, locked in, here we go, refinance probably later and you're fine, right? All right, Terry, rest of the program, here's what we're going to talk about, the craziness that I've been dealing with. It's not too bad. Those challenges. I love these challenges. Failed septic stuff. This is really important, guys. And I know there again, I want to mention again, I mentioned it before. If you're on public water and sewer and you say, well, I don't need to worry about septic. Yes, you do. Because one day you might find yourself in one or you, your kids might buy a house that has a well and septic or what have you. So here's the deal. Um, first and foremost, with all that stuff like that, and I deal with this all the time with sellers, mostly especially as they look at you and they say, I don't know when I did it last. We've been here 20 years. We've never had a problem. You are more than lucky and fortunate. You're about ready to have one in a week and you don't know it. So here's the deal. Um, it costs about five or six, seven hundred bucks to have it pumped out, checked out, make sure things working okay with depending on what kind of system you have and all that. And as a seller, there's the thing: you can't call me and say, "Darren, we want to sell our house next week, and we just pumped a septic today." First thing I'm going to say is, "Oh no, that's not good." <laughs> you either like do it a month or two ago, or we let the buyer do it after you get a contract in place. And I know you just looked at me like, no, what are you talking about? No, and and people are out there going, well, isn't that, you know, it's like power washing 
your siding. Like, I did that before I called you. That would be a good thing to That's do. That's a good power thing to do. Power wash your siding. But not I want your wife not checking power washing my siding before that. Mary Susan will do it. But don't do your septic unless it's been a month or two before you're going to sell your home. Here's why. They can't do, the buyer can't do a septic test where you just did it, and then they bring a company in a week or two or whatever later, and they open the lid up and they go, huh, the tank's not even full. <laughs> where did it all go? Where did it all go? That is a red flag. Well, it didn't necessarily go anywhere. It just takes time for the tank and everything to fill back up. Okay. So. That's a very good point. Please, as a seller, pump your septic out, get it inspected, do all that about a month or two months before selling. Or we can't do it until after you get a contract in place. Now, if you're going to overprice your house so much your home sits on the market for six months, by the way, I won't take that listing. You'll have somebody else. I'll give you three cards of other agents. If you have that strategy in mind, sure, pump it out today. Who cares? Because the tank will be filled back up, and it will be able to be checked to make sure the mid-scene levels, and there's no outbreaks and no this and no that, okay? So this is really important, what I just shared. Yes, it is. I'm going to charge people for this information, Terry. Yes, it is. <laughs> I get passionate, don't I? difference All between right. an opinion and advice is you can charge for the advice. There right? you go. There you go. So these aren't opinions. These are factual things to think about. So that's rule number one. It costs about five, six, seven dollars $700. I, because of what we're dealing, Terry, what we're dealing with, I have become even a bigger, more proponent than ever before. Get it done. Just do it now. Get it done. We are seeing a barrage of septics failing and all that. And I don't know if it's age, the weather, this, that. I, I don't know if it's roots getting in it. I don't know if people are throwing Ridex down in there and clocks or they they, they now are, are, hey, hey, our septic system's been working great for 10 years. Honey, let's put a garbage disposal in we've never had. I've always wanted a garbage disposal. Yeah. Just like buying a Mercedes. Haven't you always wanted one? Yeah, I Stick probably one. couldn't live without and, one. And but. Don't do one that's a quarter horsepower. <laughs> Throw the two horsepower guard disposal underneath that sink. I don't know what's going on. I know it sounds funny, but but dear God in heaven, this is getting crazy. How many septics are failing? So, what percentage do you think are you seeing that have not failed or, or that are failing? Like, is it one in four? Mm. It, it is right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you have the cloud over your head. It's a cloud. And, I, and I've heard of other agents that are like, yeah, we're dealing with issues too. What is going on? So I don't know. I just know you got to take preemptive steps. You got to stay ahead of the game. You got to deal with this stuff. It's like putting changing oil in the car and all that. Just pay for it. Like, why would you not spend $100 to change your oil? Would you rather spend four or $5,000 on a new motor? It's just like the same thing, right? right. It's the same idea uh, as far as this. So we got about three minutes left, Terry. Well, and septics, what kind? First of all, we look at what kind, the age, and the updates worked on it, all those like, types of them. Conventional with fields, they're buried underground. They have ten dollars to $15,000 to replace when they're at the end of their life. And I have heard that they can last 40 or 50 years. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. 40, 50 years on all that. That's the conventional type. Now, we're seeing less of those being approved by the health department in the state to be able to put in in in, in systems today more than ever, okay? Why? 
I don't know. I'm not a sanitarian. I'm not Kim Dillman over at the health department, all those guys. They're smarter than I'll ever be. If I had half their brains, I'd get this stuff, okay? Seepage pits. These are the ones that are much, much older. They don't do these anymore, really. They typically are big, round ones, very deep, and all that kind of stuff. And there could be a million things that create these things. Sand mount systems, raised bed ones. These are the little baby pipes that stick out of the ground that your lawnmower is going to hit if they don't get taken care of. These are the ones that last about 25-year life, typically, if they're maintained correctly. And they okay. are about twenty-five dollars to $30,000 to redo. The sand mount. Sand mount. $1,000 okay. a year, boys and girls. Okay. Bat system. You know about this. The yeah. be- best available technology. Best available technology. This is all down in the critical Bay areas and all those things. And we've had them here in Frederick County. I have okay. systems. These are the ones that, that that we joke around about that on the other end of the system, you could actually drink it again. The, That's yeah, what I've joke. been told. People go, oh, yuck. No, no, really. This is supposed to be so good technology. These are the ones that you must have... Um, these are the most expensive. They're thirty-five to fifty thousand dollars, and um, we're not seeing these as recommended as much by, by the health department. But if you do have to pay for it, it's the most expensive, and you must have this serviced every year because there's filters in it, and they need checked and cleaned and all this and that, and it costs about four or five hundred dollars to have done. So it's non-negotiable. That's that kind of system. And by the way, the septic companies have to report it to the county that it's been taken care of and serviced. Yes, and um, let me just, the bat system, yep. uh, Darren said, in the critical areas down by the water, down by the bay, um, if you have a, a a need for a bat system and if you need for your septic that fails and you're down in Calvert County, Charles County, uh, St. Mary's County, and Arundel, anywhere that the bay, even across the bay, the state of Maryland is very, very, very... Um, there are grants available. I got a grant when mine failed. Yep. Um, so don't did pay for everything, but that $30,000 is a real number, but there are grants out there to help you. So Yeah, and the septic companies and the health departments, they'll help call you me, with all that. They call do everything. Call me if you have any questions. Call Terry, too. Because I went through it, Terry's had gentlemen. a little challenge, as they say, a little challenge a down challenge. on the bay. That was a big challenge. That was a big challenge. All right. Um, real quick, two minutes left. Corrective maintenance and things like that. Terry, I always tell people pump and inspect it every three years. Yeah, but there's only two of us here. There's only me here. I only live here. Why would I do that? Every three years. So on the bat system, I had a service contract yep. that they came out every uh, yep. every six months or every year every to year. check it out. They came out every six months. Well, that's nice for the first five years to check it out. But but uh, if you get that, that is kind of peace of mind, yes. and it does make it easier to sell your house, just to let you yeah, know. Yeah, because any records you have of maintenance is like a car record. Um, one minute left, check the mid, what they do is they check the mid-seam levels, the baffles, of the field absorptions, and all those things. That's why you want to wait on doing that. Cost is about five to $700, $750 on a bad day. And then with the bath system, we already talked about. Rule number one, Terry, as I end the program, here are the most important rules you're ever going to hear about septic systems. Number one, conserve water use. I have six boys. There are eight of us in our house. We do military showers. 30 seconds. You get in, you 
that you're done in 30 seconds. If you're not done in 30 seconds, then you can just keep being dirty. I don't really care at that point. N- n- by the way, this is not child abuse. This is septic system maintenance. Septic system. Yeah. Never put anything down the uh, drain. Never uh, put garbage disposal on. Don't load it up with chemicals, Clorox, breach, lit- Ridex, all that stuff. Bacon because grease. the system will do its job on its own if you just listen to what we're telling you today. Hey, guys, have an awesome weekend. And we can't wait to see you next week. Terry and I are always here to help you guys out. Happy buying and selling. See you next week on your Frederick Real Estate Update. Looking to purchase a home or refinance your existing mortgage? If so, Lawyer Signature Settlements is here to assist you with that process. Lawyer Signature Settlements is a local attorney-owned title company with over 100 years of combined experience conveniently located in Frederick, Maryland. We are licensed to conduct closings in the states of Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and West Virginia. With two attorneys on staff here at Lawyer Signature Settlements, we ensure the most thorough review process paired with affordable rates, accommodating scheduling, and outstanding customer service. So next time you need to place your signature on closing documents, call Lawyer Signature Settlements at 301-695-1235 or visit us on the web at www.signaturesettlements.com. We hope to see you at the closing table. Hello, this is Terry Kernan with Presidential Bank Mortgage in downtown Frederick. And the best way to reach me always is on my cell phone at 301-639-9244, 301-639-9244. Or you can always email me at tkernan at presidential.com. And this is Darren Ahern from REMAX Results. You can reach me anytime, 240-344-1713. Again, it's 240-344-1713 or at DarrenAhern at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to your Frederick Real Estate Update. We will see you each and every Saturday right here on WFMD at 11 o'clock.